The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Visit winbet.com, W-Y-N-N-Bet.com, and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download that app today or just head to BetorFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, indeed. Ring the bell and we're ready for another weekend. A weekend in the sweet science that includes a WBC featherweight title fight involving Gary Russell Jr. Yes, check the calendar. Check the lunar model. Check check every uh, history book and record book. Gary Russell is back to defend his championship. He doesn't fight that often, but usually is pretty entertaining and exciting if and when he does. Let's see what Russell has in store for his Filipino challenger, uh, Mark Magsayo. That is coming in the main event, Atlantic City. Showtime Premium Cable will have the main event on Saturday night. We're here all to talk about that fight and to also talk about the undercard and all the other news, etc. I am merely the somewhat capable host in a little bit. In fact, just right here, straight ahead, in a couple of moments, Carlos Toro will join me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Love Carlos's insight on boxing and everything about it inside and outside of the ring. Carlos Toro Media is where you find his work, including his YouTube page, his Substack on uh, online with all of his newsletter and his notes. Uh, we'll get Carlos's feelings on this fight card coming and the news of the week as well. That is coming straight ahead. Uh, also, we'll do a little fight predictions and, and over the odds and what's going to happen with this Gary Russell main event. Again, the fights are slowly coming back around for 2022 because for right now with basically the UK having been in COVID-19 lockdown over the holidays, etc., plus they didn't have very much on the docket to begin with for January. There's not been much there. Same thing going in in the Far East, where they have had a couple of title fights postponed uh, because of the COVID-19 restrictions, in particular in Japan. Uh, Australia kind of going through the same thing right now. You see all the controversy with the Australian uh, Open in tennis 
and the number one tennis player, the male tennis player uh, in the world, uh, Novak Djokovic, being booted out of the country because of their COVID-19 restrictions. They haven't been having fights. So we've slowly come along with the fight cards. It'll get better here over the next couple of weeks, including with championship cards. This is the only championship card, the Atlantic City Showtime one featuring Gary Russell, in fact, anywhere uh, globally for this weekend. So we're anxious to talk a little bit more about that. Reminder, however you found this show, whether you found us on a social media link, whether you found us through the Sports Gambling Podcast and their website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows and that feed. However you found this show, it is easiest to get it by following or subscribing. Do that through Apple Podcast. Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, search for Big Fight Weekend, follow us or subscribe. We're usually here in the preview mode, but again, if developments warrant, we come back in uh, off of a huge fight, a, a controversy, some big breaking news. We'll give you more off the Big Fight Weekend podcast. If you are subscribed, you get it automatically. You'll get the notification, you'll get the blinking light, the ding. It comes right to you. So plenty to cover here. We've got all kinds of news of the week, a Bantamweight unification fight, uh, at the highest level, involving the monster, Naoya Inoue. I'm excited to see that one come to fruition. We're going to talk with Carlos Toro about it in a few minutes. What's going on in the heavyweight division? The purse bid situation with Tyson Fury and Dillian White. Will those two ever fight? Will Fury instead take a non-title fight? Will Fury get the shot instead if enough money is paid to step aside to Anthony Joshua and to Dillian White? Will Fury instead get the shot at Alexander Usyk? who's got the other three heavyweight title belts. How realistic is that? I know Bob Arum, the top-ranked promoter, the co-promoter, along with Frank Warren over in the U.K., uh, Fury's uh, co-promoter Bob Arum is once again hinting that, hey, they can make that fight happen this summer, but there are all kinds of hurdles that still have to be cleared, including White stepping out of the way, Usyk agreeing, Anthony Joshua relinquishing the rematch rights for right now. We'll wait and see what happens, but I want to talk to Carlos Toro about that as well. We're also intrigued by the name Keith One-Time Thurman, who is due to be back in the ring. Keith was making the rounds everywhere. I think Keith was on everywhere except for like Disney Plus and, and the Rachel Ray show on the Food Channel uh, doing interviews this week. Based right here out of Tampa Bay, Champa Bay, where I am in West Central Florida, uh, Keith will be back in the ring for the first time, speaking of Gary Russell being off for a while. Keith will be back in the ring for the first time in two and a half years, headlining on the Fox PBC pay-per-view, former world welterweight champion, coming on February 5th. Uh, he had some interesting comments about mental health, his own mental health, taking his first career loss as a pro to Manny Pacquiao, what it did to him psychologically as much as uh, physically and otherwise. So you'll, you'll hear us talking about that and about Keith Thurman in a little bit so plenty to get to here on the podcast let's get it started and rolling with a special guest right now as promised it's good to have him back in the new year in 2022 carlos toro who loves the sweet science carlos toro media covers boxing writes tweets about boxing also his youtube channel etc and it's good to have him back aboard on the big fight weekend podcast as we get ready for this wbc featherweight title defense it is like haley's comment it is like the presidential election cycle hey look it's gary russell he's back uh, in the ring after nearly a two-year layoff. That's the main event on the Showtime Atlantic City card. So Carlos is here to talk about that and everything else that's going on. How you been, my friend? Good to be with you. Hey, it's great to be here again. The uh, the snow storm in Ohio as uh, it's right now in round two. Round one was a few days ago. Today, uh, uh, the day we're recording this, it was is now the encore. So I'm just snowed in. 
Well, if I, I'm, I'm, if I'm checking good. here, round one was a 10-8 round or maybe a 10-7 round on the snow. And what and what is the most recent snow? Is that a 10-8 round also on the snowfall? It's uh, it's dang, <laughs> it's on there. It's a I got hurt, I got stunned. Not necessarily enough to maybe where you it's a definitive 10-8 round, but you can argue either way. And, and by the way, it's getting less and less visibility. And Carlos, Carlos is seeing less and less of his automobile right now. This is not good. We need a snowblower. We need a shovel. We need somebody to help dig it out, <laughs> I, I think, coming up. So I'm not supposed to tell you that it is 75 degrees in Florida with the sun out middle of the week as the Buccaneers have a playoff game looming with the L.A. Rams. We're not going to be snoveling show, uh, snow in the Sunshine State, if I can get that out. We're not going to snubble show, uh, snubble show uh, later this week before the playoff game. So I, I shouldn't really mention that and rub it in is what you're saying. I shouldn't. Yeah. 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 That. I think it's be best if you uh, did not uh, Just, mention uh, that. Yes. Leave that out and move and move right along. Um, interesting. We do have some news of the week. I was kind of going over this at the, at the top of the show, as we bring you in here, uh, a fight that I am very intrigued by. I think a lot of people would, would be as well. And it looks like it's on track to happen. Maybe as soon as April is the rematch for the unified Bantamweight titles, unbeaten Naoya in a way, the monster, AKA one of the best pound for pound punchers in all the sport, even at 118 pounds, uh, set to fight the wonder at 39 years young, soon to be 40 years old, by the way, Nonito Donaire, the Filipino Flash. Donaire, the oldest Bantamweight champion, Carlos, as you know, ever at 39 years of age. They had a great fight back, uh, what, a couple of years ago. Now it looks like they may be about to rematch. What are your thoughts? How eager are you for this if it can get done? If it can get done, you know, I think it's the second best fight at 118 pounds outside of anyway versus John real Casimero, which by the way, I'm still a uh, little, little upset that that fight fell through because of COVID and it never really got picked up again. But I mean, look, when these two fought back at the world boxing super series finals at the end, my immediate reaction was this is one of the greatest band title fights I've ever seen in my life. And probably anyone has ever seen in their lives. And, you know, ultimately I thought that, if they were to rematch, I thought that it would be a real bad news for Nonito because, you know, even though he showed he's still an elite fighter at 118, you know, the, you know, age catches up to everyone. And anyway, it, in my opinion, I think that fight should have ended in a TKO. I mean, Nonito was hurt real bad in certain parts of that fight, but, you know, I'll give Nonito all the credit in the world. The way that he has come back this past year is nothing short of miraculous. He has, defied time and father time 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 again and I, I do think that this could have this has the makings of a more of a slightly more competitive fight but i think anyway is still should be the favorite and i think anyway would win the only thing that I, uh that i actually am curious to see is how well does anyway sort of pick up against the speed and the skill of a guy like nonio donaire after a couple of, let's be honest, dud opponents that he's had after the fight against Jason Maloney. Not saying Maloney is a dud. I'm saying the op opposition after Jason Maloney uh, has been because, I mean, it's the guys that, you know, one one was a mandatory. The other was a, you know, I don't want to put down the guy, but he was a kind of an underserving challenger. But given the conditions they were, it was... It was a stay busy fight, but I think this has the makings to be a fanta fantastic rematch if it can get made. I love that phrase. It was more or less pick a contender that's available 
that uh, you can stay busy with, and that's what the monster did. And again, he's got dynamite in either glove. And that that fight with Don again, he suffered a fractured eye orbital and fought through it and, and won that exciting fight. Let's see if they can tee that one back up. Uh, also on the news front, are we ever going to get this resolved with Tyson Fury, Dillian White, and whether or not Dillian White is entitled to a title shot against Fury? Uh, the purse bid stuff is still up in the air because Dillian White thinks he's entitled to more money. There's there's the rumor and the belief that that Fury might fight Carlos, as you know, a non-title fight, which is rare in the mm -hmm. present day. But just to stay busy, there's that phrase again, and avoid Dillian White. I don't have to fight you right now. I can fight somebody else that I choose, and it'll still be a draw, and I'll still make a bunch of money, uh, especially if it's in the U.K., what do we believe here? Because Bob Arum's hinting at, hey, Dillian White might be willing to step aside uh, here. I don't know that that happens. What do you make of this and, and what Tyson Fury might be doing next? And is it going to have to be with Dillian White? Look in the crystal ball, please, Carlos Toro. Man, this is something that I've been racking my head around for a very, very long time. I mean, first of all, the first bit has been postponed God knows how many times, and I don't expect the that to stop i actually expect the person to maybe be postponed another time as they sort of try to get this going and you know ultimately whether or not the purse bit actually does take place i it's hard to also envision dillian white ex, uh, just staying put no matter how much money is thrown around just staying at all at a 80 20 split against him i think he's going to still keep fighting it i know that's been uh you know, uh, dates thrown around or a general time window as to when there's going to be more, you know, arbitration between white and fighting the WBC's 80-20 split. And ultimately, I think that that's going to be something that's going to hang around for a couple of months. I think that I can see Fury maybe getting that uh, that non-title, or at least a stay, some sort of stay busy fight. There's been a couple of names that have been thrown around here and there. But everything's very, very time sensitive, especially when it comes to, you know, if you want to think about the best case scenario, which is Fury versus Alexander Usyk. And, you know, if Joshua is willing to step aside, and I know both guys, Joshua and White, have sort of said, you know, the, we if we step aside, we want a large sum of money. And unless you On have that it, point, isn't Usyk, I mean, isn't Joshua entitled to a large sum of money? Dillian White hasn't won anything on the biggest of scales here and he has the least leverage from where i sit agreed from an in-ring perspective you can make that argument from an in-ring perspective but he's been a he has been a star in the uk and he has been a draw in the uk selling out pay-per-views headlining a lot a lot of shows despite never really winning an actual world title not counting the interim belt that he won lost it to pavetkin and then won it back in the rematch uh you know i think white sees himself as you know maybe a bit a bigger star than what 80 20 uh would indicate and i get it in the sense from in a vacuum you see guys and mandatories with far less than what white has on his resume both as a as a star and as an attraction and as a fighter than all the uh, most mandatories who are not given a 20 uh, 20 percent but they're given more in the ballpark of 40 to 30 percent and White, uh, you know, I, I, I obviously Fury should command the lion's share, a good, mm -hmm. a, you know, a good portion of it. But 80-20, it's such a weird and unusual number to throw on, especially for this one, 
that I don't have a problem with White fighting it, but White also has to understand, you know, this is not going to be something that he's going to get his way very easily. If he wants to fight, that this is going to take a while. Love the insight of Carlos Toro. You find him on social media. Carlos Toro Media, by the way, has uh, his own YouTube channel with all the uh, the fights, and, and we'll let him promote more about what he's doing. I love uh, mixing it up with him, and we'll get to the Gary Russell fight card stuff here in a few moments because that's our lone world title fight uh, really anywhere uh, around the globe for this weekend. January off to a slow start internationally, but at least in the U.S., we've got some title fights um, uh, here, a scale of one to 10. I love doing this one. It has no chance of happening. Not, not any chance of happening 10. It absolutely happens. Tyson Fury fights a non title fight against somebody else to duck this situation and stay busy. Where does it fall on the number range for you? I think that it goes to maybe a, I think it goes maybe to a six and a half, six point really? five. I thought you were going to be like three. Or two and a half. I think it goes to six point five. I think it it does fall. I think it depends on one. If the first bit does actually end up happening, and the number is some astronomically large number, and we're talking, and I'm talking higher than say the Lopez George Cambosa's first bid from last year. We're talking a number higher than that, which I unless some unusual circumstances happen, I don't see that happening, even for a, uh, a heavyweight title fight involving Tyson Fury. I, it's also possible that even with a 20% split, if the number is big enough, maybe White could be happy with it, but sure. I don't see that happening. So, and, and I think Fury also understands he doesn't want to spend a whole ton of time outside of the ring. And, you know, and I think I... What he did in the, those two fights after the first Deontay Wilder fight and getting him sharp, especially in the uh, Otto Valin fight, where he faced some serious danger, not just with the cut, with the possibility of the fight getting stopped. You know, it's, I think in Fury's mind, he sees that as something that, you know, that sharpened him and got him even better for the rematch against Deontay Wilder. So I think he views at these non-title fights as sort of that opportunity. So I think if he, if we, if this thing goes past, you know, past for a few more weeks, I think Fury would say, look, just throw me anybody. We've had a couple of names. We already had this discussion before. Let's just do this something for April or something. And then we can revisit Dillian White later. Cause I think that by the time we get to that point, I don't think that if Joshua and Usyk fight, I don't think the fight is going to happen by that point. I think that fight, uh, I could see it still happening maybe May. Worst case scenario, early summer. So there's still a lot to sort of work with in terms of that time frame. I think the window is larger in some regards to what some people believe. All right. Fair enough. Uh, again, Fury got 30 million guaranteed for the trilogy third fight, as did Deontay Wilder. You're in the present day circumstances right now, not from Eddie Hearn, not, not from uh, the top rank Queensberry uh conglomerate here you're not going to get a 30 million dollar guarantee to fight dillian white that is not happening. not in a purse bet i don't think no, so no no chance so may he just go take the non-title fight for a few million guaranteed against a very easy opponent and then go from there on what do i do next buy some time see if Usyk does in fact beat anthony joshua again <laughs> and then just move on and fight him uh, yeah because if joshua WBC, if joshua wins the rematch yeah. i don't doubt that there might be a trilogy so you know, where's that leave Tyson Fury? He's still, right. he still have to deal with Dillian White. 
Yeah, that is very true uh, on that point. Um, all right, one more. I, w- I wrote later in the week uh, on the website, Keith Thurman will be headlining for the Fox PBC pay-per-view. And again, full disclosure, I'm here in the Tampa St. Pete Clearwater area. So this guy's in our backyard. He is a fan favorite in this area. Although, as I keep saying, uh, you know, Keith has been gone for so long since the Pacquiao mm-hmm. fight, the fandom has just drained. He does not have... Uh, the same backing that he had, let's say, in the, earlier in the in the 2010s and the mid-2010s on his rise here, even in this area. What I'm getting at is I'm a little partial more than most on wanting to see Thurman do well. All right, so he's back in a pay-per-view, first fight in two and a half years. I thought it was interesting. He's done a bunch of media. He has been mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, over the course of this week, trying to hype the pay-per-view podcast, shows, uh, Etc. I thought it was interesting in an interview segment with it, with obviously a PBC production. It'll probably be part of a preview in the pay-per-view with Mario Barrios. He, he opened up about mental health. He opened up and said, Hey, I have battled depression here after losing. That was part of it. COVID-19 contributed to it. I, I thought that was big of him and big of anybody to bring that up. Carlos, what do you make of that? Because Thurman was a very bright star in his prime he's been away for two and a half years and now he's doing he's doing i think a real service saying to everybody that even i have been battling this self-doubt and these problems and then the fog of all of it and the uncertainty of when am i back in the ring your reaction please yeah and and i echo a lot of your sentiments i commend keith Thurman for talking about uh his mental health struggles and you know as, as someone who also has been kind of in, in in that position before i commend him for that and i'm so happy that he's opening up about that and i think that that's something that you know more athletes more celebrities should discuss if they if they so if they're feeling if they are comfortable with it and keith was you know definitely at least was comfortable enough to be talking about it i'm so happy that he is and you know, it, he has a lot of points. I mean, look, that first loss to a lot of fighters, it, it can be very devastating to the point that, you know, some fighters don't ever recover from that loss. And, you know, and also, I mean, look, before the Pacquiao fight, or really before 2019, Thurman, after he beat Danny Garcia, was viewed as the consensus number one guy at 147 pounds. That was 2017 when he beat Danny Garcia. After that, you know, he had the surgery, been out for a long time. Fajo Cecito Lopez kind of to shake out the ring rust and then lost to Pacquiao. And then in that entire time span, the divisions kind of flew him by. I mean, we see yeah. the emergence of Crawford. We've seen the emergence of Errol Spence Jr. We've seen guys, you know, your Dennis Ugas beating Pacquiao a few months ago. And then we also got the, you know, the young guns. We got Virgil Ortiz. We got Jerron Ennis, Amantis Stanionis, Connor Ben. There's a lot of young guys out there ready to take over the division. And I can see Thurman just kind of feeling a little bit of pressure to sort of remind people that at some at one point he was the top get dog at 147. And aside from the Pacquiao loss, which, you know, no shame at all because Pacquiao was still sharp at that time in 2019, you know, he hasn't faced anyone at, you know, at the top of this current crop of uh, welterweights. It always kind of seems like there are people already putting him as the underdog in almost any matchup fantasy matchup that you can think of against those guys so i think how how can you not right now when you haven't seen him for two and a half years you have no yeah. idea what he's going to look like you have an idea that maybe we'll see flashes of what he was but you'd have to make him an underdog against terrence crawford right now are you kidding me he would be a significant underdog his biggest fan has to admit that 
uh, right now. Errol Spence is a question mark because of the detached retina, but Spence has at least fought since his car accident. He's even fought since uh, uh, the Thurman Pacquiao fight when he fought Sean Porter. He's fought twice. Mm -hmm. So he's been he's been more active in that regard. And Ugas had a great performance against Pacquiao and he's been active. So I, I totally get that. And we'll see if Keith can reclaim some of this or not against Barrios. You make a great point that the adversity that comes with what happens when you lose, it defeats a lot of guys besides just in the ring. It defeats them psychologically in boxing. Uh, and maybe they're not the same fighter after mm -hmm. after something like that happens. Uh, I don't know if that's Keith Thurman or not. We're going to find out how he looks against uh, Barrios coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll find out on that. Okay. Uh, as advertised, the one title fight for this weekend fight card is the Showtime Atlantic City fight card. Gary Russell is back. We keep making fun of the fact that he's been gone uh, seemingly since like the uh, Bill Clinton administration, since the last time we've seen him fight a title fight. And that's been a while. Kids, look it up on your presidential history. So he's back. He's back with a Filipino challenger, uh, Mark Magsayo, who has gotten a couple of impressive wins on his resume. Carlos, what do we make of this? As the main event, WBC featherweight title fight, the headlining fight this weekend, probably all over the globe in terms of a world title fight. What do you make of it here as the main event? You want, first of all, you want to talk about, you know, presidential history. Gary Russell Jr. is now on his third precedent as world <laughs> champion. <laughs> he won the world title against Johnny Gonzalez in 2015. Obama was president. Then right. we had Trump, and now we have Joe Biden. And He's that's I his third look. Do I even look? Is that like three title defenses in three presidents? Is it like three or is it four? It can't be more than four. We are Going at uh, this would actually be a six. Oh, that I'm stunned. I would have lost money on that gambling with you <laughs> if, if you'd have told me this is number six. Because again, Russell's fought once in the last two years, and I think it's like three times in the last four years, if I'm correct. It's been a while, which is your point. Yes. And the one thing that I will say this, even with the constant inactivity, there are few boxers who stay in shape and experience as little ring runs when they actually do fight as Gary Russell Jr. And, you know, it's credit to him, to his ability, you know, physically and ring IQ wise, that he's such a dominant fighter, even with all this inactivity. And to an extent, I kind of expect more or less the same, because I think that because this is a guy who's, you know, he's in the gym constantly. He's part of a big family of, of boxers, you know, and now some of his younger brothers, some of his brothers, they're on the up and up and some of them are turning to real solid contenders with world champion potential. So he's got that experience. He's got that in his back pocket to be able to constantly be training under that environment. You know, there's a lot of this, you know, a lot of mental hurdles or mental stuff that he's sort of dealing with personal stuff. I should say personal stuff in the buildup to this fight, you know, with, you know, some of the, you know, tragedies that, are, you know, dealing with his family. I, mean, I, I don't know how that's going to affect him. Some, some people, you know, are devastated by it. Some are motivated and inspired to, to deliver it. But what I do know, what we do know is that Russell still has that tremendous um, technical ability. His speed is still phenomenal. He's still, in my opinion, right now, the best in the world, despite the, the long inactivity, but, I see a guy and Mark who shows a lot of promise, shows quite a lot of power for someone uh, at his level and in his age. I mean, he's only 26. I mean, he's just entering a physical prime. So you would think that he might actually get stronger as a puncher. And 
you know, the fight that he had against Julio Ceja, he is a guy who, you know, was able to show that he can box a little bit. But at the same time, Masayo has to also understand that this is a guy that you can't just overpower, that you can't just try it in pressure because Gary Russell, his footwork is so good that he is able to escape trouble. So the only way you got to beat him is you have to be able to get a sense of timing early on because Russell's the kind of fighter who, if he can catch your timing and your rhythm early on from the get-go before you do, it's almost impossible to catch up. We've seen that time and time again. A perfect example is, you know, for example, the Joseph Diaz fight from several years ago, where it was sort of like the same, where JoJo put up a good performance, but he was never able to quite catch up or get a feel, a perfect feel for Russell's timing and his speed. And if Mark can't do that, then I expect something similar. Well, he will put up a break fund and could even provide a little bit of trouble. But ultimately, I think Russell escapes with a, a hard fight, but ultimately kind of one-sided decision. Uh, again, I'm going to go over more of the odds here in a little bit, uh, but the under-over is at 10 and a half. And I just heard you say decision there. You think this one is a distance fight. Uh, Mag Sayo has a pretty good punch, but you bring up the point. You got to catch up to him. You got to cut the ring off. You got to set that punch up to be able to deliver it. One thing to have that strategy, something entirely different to pull that off. Carlos Toro with us for just a few more moments. Big Fight Weekend podcast. What intrigues you on the undercard? I know Subriel Matias is on the uh, the undercard uh, as an up-and-comer as, as well in the co-feature fight. His fight, what else intrigues you on this Showtime undercard Saturday night? I mean, I, I love that uh, Super Matias Petros Ananian uh, fight, and you know, they, it's a great, it's a great rematch. It's a great evaluation of how much uh, Subriel has improved from that first fight, and you know, it wasn't a, a one-sided beatdown that uh, Subriel lost. It was close. It was competitive. I mean, in some regards, it was, you know, the knockdown almost essentially kind of decided the one that he suffered in that first fight. But since then, I see, I've seen Subriel retain sort of that same ruthless punching, that ruthless aggression, but there's a little bit more of a focus to how he attacks his opponents. And I think we're going to see that in action. I think we're seeing a more focused and a more disciplined Subriel Matias in, in this fight. But Petros is another tough guy who can who is a good punch and is capable of knocking down Subriel, Subriel in the rematch, just as he did in the first fight. I see that I could potentially, I was initially thinking decision, but I think that this is going to be such a competitive and hyper-aggressive fight that I can see Subriel Matias winning a late stoppage with, you know, both guys just, just pounding each other away with dozens, if not hundreds and hundreds of power punches. I think this is going to be a very entertaining fight then. Uh, King Tug, Tugs at Nyambayar, opening fight. I like that. You know, I like that, that he's back. I want to see how he deals with a full camp because the fight against Chris Colbert that he had last year wasn't, it was a short notice fight. Uh, it's a shame that now uh, King Tug is on the receiving end of dealing with a late change because now he's dealing with Sa uh, Zacharia Lucas on, a, uh, on short notice. So uh, I'm curious to see. You know, this should still be a fight that uh, Nyan Bayar should win and somewhat decisively. And he's heavily favored in that 10-rounder. And again, uh, Anna Nyan and uh, Matias are in a 12-round junior uh, welterweight battle. Uh, we will see if there's fireworks in that one. We'll see what we have from Gary Russell Jr. coming up in the main event defending his WBC featherweight championship, as Carlos mentioned, for the sixth time in this upcoming 
about uh, my friend you've done a great job with me please plug away for all of your stuff social media youtube etc all of it go so you can find me on twitter at carlos toro media and same name on youtube and i do have a uh a Substack newsletter on Substack.com that you can, I think you can just search up uh, Carlos Toro's boxing newsletter. I think it's going to appear on Substack or you know, on the Googles. Uh, so yeah, those, that's where you can kind of see my, my work. I also do a podcast for Fight Game Media alongside Robert Silva, who I, who I heavily heavily lean on when it comes to the historical historical aspect he's one of the few guys in boxing i can genuinely call a a living encyclopedia he just thinks of so many historical references in boxing right off the top of his head which is amazing and so we do a podcast every single week on the uh on the fight game media uh podcast fantastic stuff and again you mentioned the historical part i didn't even mention muhammad ali would have been 80 years old this week the greatest the standard <laughs> uh one of the most colorful controversial figures in all of sports but most well known i mean he could go anywhere in the world and he demonstrated because he fought all over the place whether it was in europe whether it was in africa whether it was in the philippines wherever he went uh ali famous for that uh, 20 years or so of, of his uh, stardom and his and his boxing career, and even after that as an ambassador uh, for sports and for boxing and everything. So uh, Ali would have been 80. Uh, this yeah, week. I mean, incredible. there are a few, there are, you know, icons and legends kind of get thrown around every so, uh, you know, somewhat haphazardly, but Ali is the definition of a global icon and global ambassador just in everything. I mean, this is a guy, you know, he his life. I mean, he is an icon even for the stuff that he's done outside of boxing. No doubt. And in boxing, and he is he truly is one of the greatest of all time. When you when you achieve the one name status, Ali, and we saw it with uh, the Beatles. When we we see it with Tiger for Tiger Woods. When you Pele, Maradona. I'm speaking your language now with the beautiful <laughs> game. When, uh, Ronaldo right now in the present day, right? Messi. When you achieve the one name status, which Jordan. Ali had Jordan exactly MJ or Jordan. When you achieve that uh which he had 30 40 years before everybody else he had that one name status that tells you how great the greatest was for sure this guy's the greatest with me i love me some carlos toro toro <laughs> give carlos a follow carlos toro media he will be tweeting about that uh, showtime fight card and all the boxing news that's there listen i love it thank you for hanging out with me on the big fight weekend podcast i appreciate it sir yeah no anytime tj thanks so much for having me on we will roll on, including the fight odds coming for that Showtime card of the Gary Russell main event as we continue along. But first, we're brought to you in part by WinBet. If you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is here for you, and it's now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. They're bringing you the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play, exclusive rewards, Everything right at your fingertips. Get all of the best plays for the college football wrapping up. The NFL, obviously, down the home stretch of the regular season and the playoffs coming up. They've got the NBA, the NHL, anything that you want with WinBet. 
And WinBet now has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5 to win $400 in the free bets contest that they have. That includes getting a VIP trip to Shaquille O'Neal's Fun House in Los Angeles. That's right. You bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature, and you earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime VIP experience for the big game. You and three guests get to go to Shaq's Fun House Two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win uh, Las Vegas Sportsbook, and a $5,000 travel credit. All is part of this contest. They have great promos like this going on, and all you got to do is go to WinBet and their app, sign up and be able to do it. The odds, the payouts, it's all happening at WinBet. Boosted parlays, live in-game odds, every major sport, everything you need. Plus, you can bet $5 to win $400 in free bets. And be sure to check out WinBet's build-your-own-bet-boosted same-game parlays headed into this weekend's NFL Divisional Round of the Playoffs. Most of these boosts fall between 10 and 15% of the original price. Find out more at winbet.com and the WinBet app. Brought to you in part by SoBet. Since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning, free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via a text, a QR code, or links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports, turn it up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off the Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it. Let's go back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io and join the revolution. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets, and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP, and your first deposit from PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlay. Like Will from Arizona, who Sunday night sold his $50 100-1 49ers Super Bowl ticket for $500 on PropSwap. Will locked in his profit when he turned his $50 bet into $500. The buyer got great odds. The seller made 10 times his bet. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. The fantasy season might be over, but the action is still coming on Better Fantasy's app. Download their free-to-play app today and bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. 
You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Bet or Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by competing in challenges and using them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states. Download the app today at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, betterfantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in once more on the only podcast you need to keep you up to date worldwide on the news involving the sport, the pertinent names in boxing, the pertinent fights in boxing. Uh, we keep you up to date in the preview mode most of the time out on Friday in the preview mode on the Big Fight Weekend podcast with everything that's uh, happening in the sweet science. And again, there will be weekends upcoming where there are multiple uh, championship level fight cards, championship fights all over the United States, North America, and the globe. Right now, a little slower in January, but cranking here at the end of the month. I mean, in fact, uh, again, if we look ahead, we were talking about Keith Thurman in the last segment uh, with Carlos Toro and that pay-per-view with Fox. Uh, PBC and Fox is coming on February 5th. That fight card, again, is in Las Vegas. And uh, we're very interested in seeing what Thurman can do with Mario Barrios. Again, Leo Santa Cruz makes his return. First time we will have seen him since he was knocked out by Gervonta Davis, the former multi-division junior featherweight, featherweight world champion. He's in action. Abel Ramos is also in action, in welterweight action on that pay-per-view. But on that Saturday, there are two or three other fight cards of interest, including the one in Cardiff, Wales, where Chris Eubank will fight in the main event, Chris Eubank Jr., fighting against Liam Williams uh, in a 12-round middleweight eliminator. Also, Clarissa Shields will fight for the Women's World Middleweight Unified Championship, defending her title for the third time. So that fight uh, in the in the arena in Cardiff in Wales over in the U.K. Also in Phoenix, Arizona on February 5th, announced earlier this week, Carlos Quadras will fight and will battle against Srikaset Sorung Visai. Thank you very much. The Thai former uh, world featherweight champion. Um, and uh, and now they're fighting as junior bantamweights. Qu- uh, Quadras and Sorung Visai will battle for the vacant WBC junior bantamweight championship. Of course, the other fighters, Juan Francisco Estrada and Ramon Chocolatito Gonzalez. Very exciting, hard-punching Chocolatito in action with Estrada. That's coming in March. This Quadras Sorung Visai fight in February for one portion of the four portions of the title at junior bantamweight. And so uh, it's kind of the winner of this sets themselves into position to fight either Estrada or Gonzalez. Uh, Sorung Visai has two wins over Chocolatito previously taking his title. Meanwhile, Estrada has a win over Sorung Visai. So if Sorung Visai is victorious February 5th in a couple of weeks, 
he's golden for a rematch with either of, of the guys that uh, that end up winning that fight later on in March in San Diego. So again, that fight card is the DAZN matchroom boxing fight card that will be in Phoenix. So you got a fight card in Phoenix, a fight card in Vegas, a fight card in Wales. We're interested in all of that action coming February 5th, so there's more that's going to be happening um, in the coming weeks uh, here with all the different fights, and we encourage you to hang with us on Big Fight Weekend for all the previews, all the recaps, everything that's going to be going on. Back to this fight card that will be happening in Atlantic City, the Borgata Casino. Again, at last check... Uh, on the odds for our friends at Sports Gambling Podcast and SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Gary Russell is a 4-1 to favorite to get the win over uh, hard puncher Mark uh, Magsayo. Magsayo, a 3-1 to underdog to perhaps pull the upset as Russell makes the sixth defense of his championship. The under over at 10 and a half rounds for this one. As you heard Carlos Toro say, he believes this is probably a distance fight. I tend to agree with that too. I think Russell is too much of a slick boxer. So if you're looking at making the play, it is uh, it is plus 215 to bet the under on this one, minus 255 to bet the over for this WBC featherweight title fight, I'm still advising the over. You got to lay a little more money to win your money uh, in this one if you're looking to short term invest. A little more competitive, uh, Subrio Matias, who we talked about uh, as a junior lightweight, Matias, uh, or a junior welterweight, excuse me, Matias is a minus 550, five and a half to one to beat the unbeaten Armenian Petros Ananian. And a nine is almost a four to one underdog. That's the co-feature fight on Showtime. Should be entertaining. Again, uh, Matias very hard punching. Matias, unfortunately known for a couple of years ago, having stopped uh, by TKO Maxim Dadashev. Dadashev, the Russian boxer uh, who was suffering from dehydration. The punishment that, that Matias was giving him, and eventually Dadashev. Uh, slipped into a coma and died several days later. Matias still fights on after the death of his opponent a couple of years ago. He'll be in the co-feature fight coming up on Saturday night. And again, uh, for Tug, for King Tug Nyambiar, uh, he is an overwhelming 25-1 to favorite in his fight against the late replacement Sakaria Lucas. That one will start the fight card on Showtime at 9 Eastern time on Saturday uh, again, 25 to 1 for King Tug to get the victory uh, in that one. And again, I realize the NFL playoffs are going on here in the U.S., where most of our audience is, where that primetime Green Bay Packers San Francisco 49er game is going on. But I will still have eyes, obviously, on the fights, and we'll be writing all about whatever happens on the Big Fight Weekend website with that one coming up. With that, we are pretty much done here on this preview edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. My thanks again to Carlos Toro for hanging with me uh, here on this edition of the podcast. Follow him at Carlos Toro Media. That's where you find him. Find us again through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe away. That's the easiest way to get the podcast as we come your way each and every weekend. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you get podcasts, we come automatically to you if you do so. For now, that Showtime Championship fight card is the fight card of the weekend. Will Gary Russell make it yet another successful title defense as he defends the WBC uh, featherweight championship here? First time in two years that he has been out there in the ring for this matchup. 
We look forward to seeing if Mark Magsayo can give him quite a battle. It's boxing. We often say this. Anything can happen. One punch can change it. Uh, Something can happen with a cut. Something can happen with an injury. It's why it is different. Even if a fighter is losing and losing decisively, one punch can change the fight. And and Magsayo has got big time power. We'll see if that's the case in the main event on Showtime. We'll recap it and talk all about it. Again, however you found the podcast, thank you for doing so. We enjoy uh, everything that goes on with the Sweet Science, writing about it on BigFightWeekend.com, talking about it here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the fights. We are back next week for the final weekend of January, talking about everything in the fistic world of boxing. For now, we are done on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Bye.